The following program is underwritten in part by Viagen Pets, the leading provider of animal genetic preservation and cloning services. Preserve the genes of your dog or cat to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for animal radio listeners at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N-Pets.com. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And we have another jam-packed show today. We'll start off with your calls. Here's the toll-free number at 1-866-405-8405 to Dr. Debbie or dog father Joey Villani. Uh, don't forget, of course, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Ra- Radio app for iPhone and Android. Uh, coming up on the show, I love this, Robert Semro joining us with five secret activities your pets do while you're gone. Think about that for a second, because I know. Secret. Secret activities. Mm. So when you close that door, you're out uh, out the door, suddenly things change in the house, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, if I was a pet, they would. And uh, he'll tell us what those are in just a few minutes. Also from Animal Planet's The Vet Life, Dr. Blue will be joining us. He's a very uh, curious I love man. Dr. Blue. He is a, he's a fun guy. And uh, he is. That's a great show, too. As you can tell, I'm a little bit under the weather. My throat's, I have a little sore throat, and I get pretty close with my cats. I cuddle pretty close. And I was thinking, can my cats get my cold? So I'm going to be asking Dr. Debbie as soon as she gets in from the uh, break room all about that. I've wondered that. I don't know if that's (laughs) something that uh, anybody else has wondered, or if that's just Mm me. Also, coming up in just a few minutes, Emmy Perry. Here's an 11 year old gal. And she's doing some incredible things for the animals. She's making a difference. A big difference. for yes. eleven. When I was 11 years old, I was just picking my nose. I wasn't making <laughs> much of a difference. I was a little zit-faced prepubescent teen and not doing much. She is uh, definitely the opposite of that. She's doing some amazing things for the animals. So that's all on the way right here on Animal Radio. I see Dr. Marty Becker is going to be with us with, if your pet could talk, what would they say right now? Hmm. Huh. See, there's kind of an underlying theme going on. Yeah. Must be because of that movie, uh, A Pet's Life. <laughs> it's doing That's right. phenomenal at the box office. I want to see it. Well, it's getting horrible reviews. I don't care. I want to see it. Yeah. it doesn't, I guess the reviews don't matter because, it, because it's making records again, yeah. once again, at the box office. Uh, Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? I'm going to tell you about a uh, celebrity who uh, went so far as to smear peanut butter Ooh, that's greasy. All over his face in a unique way to save dogs. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's interesting. Cheeky, yeah, Are these starving dogs or something? I'm not going to tell you. Okay, that's on the way in just not a few yet. minutes. Joey, what are you working on? Uh, well, we're going to talk about how to take care of your dog's feet and maybe preserve them from those from that hot pavement in the summer. Oh, yeah. you got to be careful when you walk them because that pavement can get darn hot. Peanut butter? <laughs> no, not peanut butter, I'm sure. Yes, yes, you rub peanut butter on, yes. <laughs> now let's uh, go to the phones for your calls first with Dr. Debbie and Joey Villani. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. Well, let's go to Helen. Hey, Helen, how are you doing? I am doing good. How are you? Good. Where are you? Uh, Blairsville, Georgia. Roswell, Georgia? Blairsville. Yeah. Blairsville, Georgia. Up next to North Carolina line at the top of the state. Oh, there you go with the accent. Now I'm going to be talking the whole show with an accent like that. I just love those <laughs> southern accents. Okay. Well, Helen, what's going on? I have the whole team here for you. Well, I couldn't uh, 
met my friend, and I were trying to find some advantage for her little dog. She'd go to Shih Tzu, and he had fleas on him. And, we, and the advantage, they had it for all the dogs except the little ones, you know, like five to nine pounds or something. And okay. uh, we never could find it. And finally, we went back week after week, and they finally got it in at Walmart. And uh, she's got an alternative vet, and they don't believe in using stuff like that. So, uh, but her little dog, you have fleas. That's bad. Fleas are here right now. And I was wondering if, you know, if you can't find the, the small ones, can you divide the, you know, the, the package for the next bigger size dog and use half of it? Well, technically, I, it is feasible, but it's not recommended um, just because of uh, accuracy in dosing. We want to make yeah, sure each I, pet gets... I, you know, I, I was wondering about that. I would be, We didn't because we were afraid to, you know, afraid to risk it that it might hurt him. Yeah, I, and especially because a lot of these products, it's just a matter of kind of getting them where where you can. So, um, you know, right. veterinarians stock these things all over the place. But, you know, I know a lot of folks like to buy these at kind of either the big box stores or where have yeah. you. But it is just so important that we do follow the directions. Right. Um, and especially for folks that have cats. You know, you really don't want to be splitting any kind of dog products on cats because oh, no, they, no, my they definitely did that one time. She has this cat, uh, a friend at church gave the cat to her, black cat, mm-hmm. and she just grabbed the package of that and didn't look, and it was for dogs, and it almost killed her cat. Absolutely, yeah, they are exquisitely. Bathing, I said, the first thing I said, get her, start bathing her right now, I'm bathing her, and uh, we, we thought for sure she was going to die. It really did a number on her. You know, so that's that's right. Do not put that dog stuff on cats, yeah. we know that. Yeah. But it, like I said, it was an accident, you know, and... Uh, so is that yeah. advantage working now for you? No, he's still got fleas on him. Huh. Does he? Okay. Well, it is, you know, a lot of times we find that um, there can be problems where where we aren't applying it at the most appropriate times. So mm-hmm. we do want to stay faithful to that every 30 day um, for yeah. most of those topical products. But for other pets, we'll have to use other types of um, flea control methods to kind of uh, adjunct, to kind of help out here. Because especially in these heavy flea seasons, it's just yeah. not always practical that a topical is going to have both a quick kill and be able to take care of those next generations and you know we may kill fleas that are on the pet but they're going to get reinfested either from the populations of eggs and larvae that are hatching and growing in the environment which means in your house <laughs> in your yard I she um, him outside a lot with her when she's working in her yard and you know put him on a leash you know let him stay out there where he can see her and, mm-hmm. and i think maybe that's one reason why he's getting so many on him Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because you can't live in a vacuum, right? You know, you can't, like, live, put your animals in this little um, room with nothing to, you know, the dogs go outside, cats often go outside, and, you know, there's a mixing of pets, you know, dogs and cats, you know, one may go outside, but they're still kind of mixing that population. So what I do recommend is, um, you know, this can be a tough flea season, and a lot of people, I know we had some callers recently that wanted to know what to do, what to go buy at, say, Costco or a big box store, and really, to if you're having a problem with flea control, this may mean you need to work with your veterinarian because there are some great products that we have. Some are oral in nature that we'll use along with um, a topical product, but um, some will have a quick kill um, that you give and it'll kind of kill those fleas and send them 
happen off the pet within an hour. Right. Um, so that may be something that we use. Or there's even new products um, such as NextGuard um, or Brevecto that will last for three months. And those, um, I've had some good success with that um, with some of our patients that are in heavy flea areas as well. But that's not something you're going to be able to do by yourself because timing and the appropriate use of different products is really, it can get complicated. So I, yeah. this isn't something I can say, you're going to need to pick up product A and B and use it uh, in this direction because it really does depend on a lot of um, health factors well, for your pets. She's got a, a, the alternative type vet and she doesn't, you know, she uses a lot of herbal things and stuff like that, which just some of it might work, but some of it just, you know, is not. And she didn't really have to go to another vet to get it. And that's why we were getting it at Walmart. Oh, I've got, well, got the <laughs> advantage for my cat, uh, whose name's Biscuit, by the way. Aww, <laughs> uh, I Biscuit. found him. Someone threw him out at my driveway on the side of the road, and I took him in. And uh, uh, one of my son's dogs raised him from a little kitten, and he thinks he's a dog. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he, uh, uh, it works on him just fine. He stays outside a lot, day and night. And uh, when I put it on him, it lasts over a month. You know, he don't have any fleas on him. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you know what? I, I've got to say that, it, you know, she's got to come clean with her vet, even if they have differing uh, philosophies, because it is so important that that veterinarian know what you guys are doing, because, um, you know, occasionally, maybe not in this situation, but there can be some interaction between more holistic or herbal remedies yeah. for various conditions and what you might be using over the counter. So it is always, always important to be be truthful with your veterinarian. Yeah. Um, so whether or not that veterinarian has other um, suggestions for you that are kind of in line with both your goals, um, you know, that I would certainly, if, if she's not comfortable using a, um, a topical or an oral antiparasite medicine, yeah. then, you know, maybe she has a referral to a, a more traditional veterinarian in the area that will be able to help you with that. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, something simple like getting your kitty and, or your, getting your doggy some Capstar and just kind of killing off some of those, those flea loads. And then also kind of keeping in mind, some pets have allergies to flea bites, so they may need the medical attention addressing that. Um, flea bite um, dermatitis can be really just very upsetting, and it can affect the quality of their life. So we have to treat yeah. that as well. So I'm just trying to make sure we cover all our bases with yeah. your, that little one. She gives him baths in the Dawn. You know, a lot of people say that Dawn dish detergent keeps the fleas off their pets. And she does bathe him with that about once a week to try to keep him off of him and it's still he's still getting fleas on him so i don't know what's going on with it yeah well it'll tell it'll help to remove and get those fleas off of her right. but they're not going to kill kind of have that long-term effect so that's right. you know that is a natural option some folks will use and mm-hmm. you know you can use a shampoo and or dawn and you can use a flea comb to kind of get the physical uh, fleas off but it's not going to do anything for those other generations so that's where you know maybe that they've got uh, in her house in her carpet you know, while they oh. had ammonium, you know, I'm thinking maybe they're hatching out of the carpet. Well, and absolutely. I how to do that. You know, I read someplace to take a pan of real soapy, sudsy water, maybe even shavings, foam, mm-hmm. and put it in water in a pan and put the light right over it at night. And, yep. and watch it. And if there are fleas in the house, they will jump in that and, and it'll drown. Oh, yeah. You don't know whether you've got them or not. 
Absolutely. Yeah, we've talked about things like the flea traps at home to, um, to one to diagnose, but some people it's kind of one of the a more natural alternative where they'll try to collect. But again, that's only the adults and that's only about 5% of that population. So the rest yeah. of them are living in the home environment. So yeah. they are in the carpet, they are in the bedding, uh-huh. they are, and that's just kind of the nature of the flea life cycle. Oh, yeah. So that's the kind of important thing to remember. We're only killing a small percentage of that kind of life cycle of that parasite when we're treating the pet directly. So, Helen, so, yeah. we wish you the best of luck with that. I know it's been a horrible flea season. We thank you so much for listening. Please check in with us and let us know how it's going, okay? Okay, thank you so much. Now, there you go. Helen calling from WUCG in Blairsville, Georgia. Thank you guys for uh, airing Animal Radio. We certainly appreciate it. Let's head back to the phones for your calls. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Animal Radio is underwritten in part by Viagen Pets, the leading provider of animal genetic preservation and cloning services. Preserve the genes of your dog or cat to extend the special bond you share with them. Learn more at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N-Pets.com. For over a decade, Viagen has been the leading provider of genetic preservation and cloning services of prized livestock with thousands of satisfied clients. Now announcing Viagen Pets, providing genetic preservation and cloning services to pet parents. Consider preserving the genes of your pet to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for animal radio listeners at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N-Pets.com. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, canine caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at caninecaviar.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1 866 405 8405. It's Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets. Here is our toll-free number. Call it 1-866-405-8405. On the other end of that phone, Judy is uh, screening your calls for Dr. Debbie or dog father Joey Volani, or even Ladybug, the studio stunt dog. Occasionally she takes phone calls. Uh, Robert Semro is on the way with five secret activities your pets do while you're gone. Definitely curious. I love his lists. <laughs> And uh, I'm curious to know what my my cats and dogs are doing. They get me thinking. They sure do. Also on the way in just a few minutes from Animal Planet's The Vet Life, Dr. Blue will be joining us. Very charismatic vet. You actually uh, knew him, didn't you, Doc? Yeah, yeah. He spent he and his colleagues spent some time here in Las Vegas. So yes, I certainly know them, and I'm I'm a fan of the show. I gotta say, I tune in. <laughs> well, you know, it's an interesting show because it not only talks about their life as a vet, but sort of their home life too. And for you, your home life is vet, 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 because your husband is also a vet. 
So mm-hmm. the conversation oh, yeah. around the dinner table is probably what happened, <laughs> what happened at the office. And your children day. are animals. Yes, they are. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I, and I got to say, what I don't really watch a lot of these vet shows, mostly because it's what we do all day long here. You know, sure. it's just like, you know, it's like a little too much. And also because some of the different shows I find um, portray veterinary medicine in an unfavorable way. Mm. Um, you know, kind of cutting corners, kind of guessing, not using the medical skills and the science behind it. But, you know, I do really think very highly of Dr. Blue and the show. Um, I think that they have a phenomenal clinic and they really show all that they've learned in the Las Vegas area and they apply it and they're really um, a different level of veterinary care than you see on some of the other shows. Well, I cannot wait to speak to him in just a few minutes. Also, Dr. Marty Becker with If the Pet Could Talk, what would she or he say right now? If your pet could talk, what would he or she say right now? Hmm. I'm looking down at my animals. They're like, feed me, (laughs) treat me, something like that. Uh, also, in just a few minutes, Emmy Perry, and she is a phenomenal young lady. She's 11 years old, and she is doing some amazing things for homeless animals. She's actually created her own charity called Emmy's Hope, and she's going to tell us about that just around the corner. We'll also be taking your calls toll-free, 1-866-405-8405, or you can ask your questions on the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download that puppy now. Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? You know, there's been a lot of animal um, oh, potting going on potting? In lately. Potting? <laughs> I just tried to make that as friendly as possible. Okay. okay? Um, we had, you know, that big blow-up dog pile of poop oh, the, in Spain. The inflatable poop. And, yeah. And, and now there's um, a campaign going on with teenagers where they're being asked to take a picture of their animal going pee. Ew. Okay. Now, I, I don't seek these stories out, but it's very interesting, and it's actually a great awareness campaign, and we'll tell you what it's all about. I can't wait for that. That's a, <laughs> You come up with the strange ones, but they, I guess they come I to do. you. Mm-hmm. Doc, Debbie, i got to ask you a question. First of all, those that uh, know my voice know that I'm suffering a little bit of a cold. I may have actually passed it on to you, Doc. It sounds like you're a little bit under the weather, too. I sure am, and I was convinced it was allergies until everyone in my office started having the same stuff, and then I was like, "Wait a minute," you know. So um, I probably gave it to you, and then you've given it to everybody in the office. What happens in radio is when you're in the same studio, everybody gets what you have, and so far, Judy has a little bit. of I have it. Yeah, I have the crud. Lori is uh, separated by a glass wall and a door, so (laughs) I also have a can of Lysol. Yeah, I use on my microphone. And she actually, when when I come into work, she sprays the Lysol right over my face. (laughs) What she does. So she's uh, been lucky enough. She's pumping her vitamin C, drinking all the fluids, and she hasn't caught it yet. But my question is, I am pretty close with my cats and my dog. Uh, We cuddle at night, and in fact. Uh, one of my cats, we're pretty close face-wise at night. He sleeps right next to my head. I'm wondering, is he at risk? Uh, can my cats get my cold? Not likely, no, no. What, what people get when we get a cold, they're usually in a different class of viruses than what dogs and cats get. So we we get a rhinovirus. You know, so cold is a totally different kind of beast, if you will, than what a dog or a cat gets. They get their own variety. So cats might get upper respiratory infections, but they're really feline um, in origin. And dogs, you know, the same thing. You know, we know kennel cough and all of those types of um, disease syndromes are, are separate from what the human uh, 
human infection is. So yeah, no, I certainly wouldn't advise letting your dog or your cat lick your snotty nose, Hal. You okay. know, don't do <laughs> so that. Don't, just out of pure cleanliness and also you know spreading things and 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 just being you know hygienic. Okay. Um, but you know, it's not likely that they're going to catch anything like that from you. Good. And and in the converse, I probably won't get distemper. So that's. <laughs> <laughs> now, you could get parvo, though. I could get parvo. You might have a bad temper, but you won't get distemper. <laughs> okay, well, that's good to know, so we can still cuddle with the animals, uh, even though uh, I'm sick. And I hope I answer some questions out there, because I know a lot of people, if I had that question, certainly there were other people that had that question. Alan Cable, here's today's Scam Watch. A lot of folks are going into the Internet to find themselves puppies. Folks like Dawn, who lost one of her dogs. On Thanksgiving. So she went online to find a new puppy. Came upon bestfriendhusky.com. She read all the testimonials on the website and felt comfortable with it. All of them said they would come back again and get another husky. She picked out one of the puppies and sent the breeder in Minnesota 500 bucks. But did the dog arrive? No. She sent another $905 that was supposed to be for a special heated crate. I finally realized that this is for sure a scam. The website was taken down and she never heard from the breeder again. Thousands of people a year who just want to get a new puppy are getting ripped off. We get tens of thousands of complaints on this. I would never get a puppy's sight unseen. Many times the pet you fall in love with online doesn't even exist. It's just a picture off the internet. Dawn got herself a new puppy, but she also got scammed. He's an evil man. This is Animal Radio. I am the family dog, and it's that time of year again. The one where pet parents start looking for Fido-friendly hotels and destinations where Fido is welcome. Make no bones about it. Pets are part of the family, and we like to sniff out new places too. And we hate to be turned away, especially when we're on our best behavior. So we won't be left out in the cold. Be sure to pick up a copy of Fido-friendly magazine to find the best hotels and destinations where Fido is always welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten free. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. You never stop and think about it, but hey, we dog lovers throw away a whole lot of those food bags, which contribute to clogging landfills. But now there is a company called TerraCycle that helps dog parents act responsibly by providing a service that recycles or upcycles dog food bags, and it's free. How cool is that? All you do is stash, you know, your empty dog food bags away until you have a few that you can send in. Then you download a free shipping label from the company and send them the bags. And the more you send, the more points you collect, and the more you can give to your favorite animal charity. So everybody wins here. Once TerraCycle receives your empty dog food bags, they shred the packaging and melt it into hard plastic, and then that's remolded into new upcycled products like collars or tote bags and even aprons. Currently, dog food companies that are participating include Wellness, Earthborn Holistic, and Open Farm. 
Back in February, the National Youth Tobacco Prevention Campaign called Truth warned of a world, imagine this, a world without cat videos. Oh. They called that project Cat Mageddon, shedding light on the fact that cats and dogs are twice as likely to get cancer if their owners smoke. Now, this enthusiastic group, their new campaign is called Petition, and it continues where Cat Mageddon left off, asking teenagers to snap a photo of their pet peeing and then share that image online with the hashtag Petition. Well, the goal is to get Big Tobacco to admit that smoking kills pets too, because while the teen smoking rate is down to 7% now, tobacco still remains the number one cause of preventable death in the United States. The Truth Initiative says they've released their latest ad to encourage teens and their pets to raise their paws or legs as a continued commitment to ending smoking for good. In what amounts to an innocence project for bears, National Park Service rangers are turning to CSI-like modern forensic technology, including fancy DNA evidence to make sure that they don't kill the wrong bear after humans are attacked. Well, after twice in the last two years of killing the wrong bears, the public outrage because of it too, the Park Service is now trying to make sure that does not happen again. And they're using a new lab this time, and it's faster. They say that time is of the essence because bears can only be held humanely for about 48 hours. Have you seen David Duchovny's video, which launched the Lick My Face campaign to support his nonprofit organization, Target Zero? He co-founded it. It's a very cute video. The X-Files star posted the video online featuring his own rescue dog named Brick. Brick is licking, or you know, kissing the actor all over his face because he had put peanut butter on his face. But the key is for every lick, Duchovny donated at least $1 per lick to Target Zero, which helps shelters get to no-kill status within three years or less. I had no clue before I joined Animal Radio that there were so many celebrities involved as animal advocates. Isn't that great? great? It is. And um, if you want to be a part of this challenge, too, the Lick My Face Challenge, um, you can be like Duchovny, who challenged all of his social media followers, as well as fellow celebrities, his ex-wife, Taylor Leone, and X-Files co-star Jillian Anderson, to make their own Lick My Face video. That sounds so fun to get the donations rolling in. It's a great idea and for an admirable cause. So here's how it works. You just put some all-natural peanut butter on your face. The more, the better, because you get more licks and gets more money rolling in. Let your pet loose and let the licking and video begin. Uh, there are more details for you, too, and we'll post that on the LickMyFace.org website. Dr. Debbie, would you put uh, peanut butter all over your face and let your animals lick you for the cause? It's all for a good cause. <laughs> no. No, I wouldn't do that. Not at all. <laughs> really? I, I've seen where my dog's tongues have been, and I love them, but I brush their teeth. And there's a plethora of bacteria. I certainly wouldn't want any of the parasites that they could encounter. Um, you know, I, I pet them, I hug them. I show a lot of affection, but I, they're just not going to be the tongue on the lip thing. Uh, no. <laughs> and I'm not going to slather peanut butter on me. It's like if they, you know, if your dog wanted to kiss you, they would kiss you. You're making yourself taste like a peanut butter cookie. <laughs>
Uh, well, you know, I, I've seen Judy actually get tongued a few times by accident. Oh, by accident, yes. <laughs> You know, and it, I have to say, in my line of work, it happens kind of occasionally. I'll be talking, and the pet will be in front of me, and all of a sudden, it'll be like, Loop. It's like, oh, my goodness. Uh, well, that's a good thing in your practice, though, that the animals love you so much that they, yeah, that they, they want to kiss sloppy you. kiss. Yeah, and, and that, and I must have a big mouth. That, <laughs> <laughs> or you just ate lunch. Yes. Ladybug uh, does that all the time without the peanut butter. Yeah, I know. I wouldn't even need peanut butter. All i got to do is tell her puppy kisses, and she's just all over jumps you. at my face. She knows I what think a, that's the last thing I want to do is rub peanut butter, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to. My puppy kisses me. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. We go to Steve. Hey, Steve, how are you doing? Jim, very good. How about yourself? Good. How can we help you today? Quick question. I've got a German Shepherd Chow, a female. She's about eight years, uh, going on nine years old. Um, She's got this bizarre habit that when we leave her at home, she loves to go for a car ride. Our kids have actually watched her do this. She'll jump on the back of the sofa and the way they decide is, is almost she'll dive into the sofa and she'll knock all the cushions off. Ooh. It's almost mm. like a temper tantrum. She doesn't destroy anything. She just kind of goes to these little fits if she doesn't get to go with, you know, mom and dad. That um, And we're just trying to figure out, it, after a while, it just gets kind of annoying. Oh, <laughs> sure, She'll do it yeah. to both the sofa and the love seat. Sure. And um, she'd also take the loaf of bread and, and leave it on our bed. Went open it up, but we figured you know, we'll just put it up out of her reach. But the main thing is, oh yeah, she's real quirky mud. But uh, the main thing is the sofa, love seat. She just strains cushion everywhere. And this happens when the children are actually in the home. Oh, so, sometimes the kids will be upstairs, and they'll she'll hear me leave or my wife and I leave, and then she just kind of goes crazy on the on those two things. Mm-hmm. And there are good sofa and love seat. Um, that she'll only just do it to that one set of okay. furniture. <laughs> All righty. Well, th- this is probably not a quick answer, but a couple of the basic things that I'd say we're going to need to really focus on with her um, is that we need to teach her independence. We need to teach her how to sit calmly and reward relaxation. And I'm going to ask you then, we're going to kind of retrain your departures when you are leaving. We need to change how you behave. Those three basic things are going to be how I would advise to deal with this because, first and foremost, we don't want her to be so dependent on you and your wife that your presence is like the biggest thing in her day. Um, it may make us feel good, but um, as far as for dogs, we need to teach her how to be independent and how when, when you are gone, that she doesn't feel like everything has kind of deflated out of her life. So that means that we want to actually teach her things to do on her own, um, interactive toys. Um, I find a lot of times we give a dog something to do, some kind of play activity, uh, fly ball, you know, fetch, um, going to dog parks. It really gives them something that helps kind of expend that energy, brings down their anxiety anxiety level when they are faced with a situation like this. Yeah, we take her outside and we let her run through the park and she loves to be with the kids. Like She spends actually more time with them when, when we're home, but she'll even mm-hmm. hear my keys rattle and she's right at the front door just looking at me like she's ready to go. 
And exactly. And, and that's where we're going to have to change some of these things because we want her to, before you even start changing some of these cues that you do before you leave, we need to teach her how to relax and calm. And a common problem when dogs do this is sometimes we unknowingly amp things up. So we make them more excited. And a perfect example of this is when you actually return to the home. What, what do most people do when you come home from a hard day at work and you come home? You greet your dog. You get all excited. Oh, it's so good to see you. That is actually kind of the opposite end of these kind of separation anxiety problems. You're actually teaching her that you coming back is a big, exciting deal, and we we have to be ready for that in the converse situation. So when you leave, she's expecting she needs to get all excited in that same way. So when you have your comings and goings in the home, we want those to be low-key events, very calm events, and we want to practice calm behaviors, teach her to sit, stay down in a position. That has to be something you continually reward every day, every day. Give her praise. Yeah. Only well, when you know, she's doing um, calm things. When we do take her for, you know, for a ride in the car or something like that, it's only probably like once or twice a month. We've really cut down trying to, you know, back off on taking her for with us when we go somewhere. Yeah, uh, well, I don't, I don't care if she goes for a car ride with you. <laughs> I'm not opposed to that. <laughs> but but we are going to need to kind of retrain. And, you know, you mentioned your jingling of your keys and that. Um, all of those things, we're working up to something. So we're going to teach her how to be calm and quiet and teach her a spot to sit down and be quiet. And when she does practice those calm behaviors, then we're going to start have you doing things. So we're going to have you shake your keys, put your coat on, put your shoes on, and then sit right back down and not do anything. We practice those departure cues, and we teach her that, you know, every time I do these things, I'm not actually going to be leaving. So you kind of desensitize her to those kind of subtle cues of your departure. With time, all of those things can work. And, and if it doesn't, some dogs, we actually will use some um, behavior-modifying medications for separation-related anxiety. But the first part I start is just retraining the humans in the household in how we relate to our dogs with these exciting situations. Because face it, dogs love people. We love our dogs, and it is a very exciting situation. So we have to kind of bring that down a little bit to reality. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, Canine Caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at CanineCaviar.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Celebrating the connection with our pets toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. And don't forget, you can ask your questions of the Animal Radio Dream Team from uh, our Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's a free download, and you can uh, get all the information over at animalradio.pet. Well, this healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats, always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. Hold Tiggers up to the microphone so they can see this, what optimal (laughs) health looks like. Red Barn's available at redbarninc.com. Thank you so much, guys, for underwriting Animal Radio. Uh, Coming up in just a few minutes, Robert Simro with five secret activities your pets do while you're gone. (laughs) I I have an idea. What, do you set up a camera? I I don't know if I want to know. We always get these uh, cameras to sample these uh, 
pet cams. So whenever they come in, we set them up for the studio animals. And they do some pretty wild things. I, I actually saw, like, Ladybug on the computer. I don't know what she's writing or what she's doing, but she's uh-huh. much smarter than we actually think. Uh, but Robert, I've seen a drink in that bottle, too. A yep. bottle of scotch you had hidden, you know? <laughs> also, from Animal Planet, the vet life, Dr. Blue is on the way. But first, let's visit with 11-year-old, I think she's still 11, Emma Perry, or Emmy Perry. Hi, Emmy. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Very good. You're still 11? Yes. We're calling you today because you are an incredible young gal who's doing some amazing work for the animals. You've created Emmy's Hope. Tell us a little bit about it. Um, so I have a website called Emmy's Hope. And we network dogs. We take pictures of them at the shelter and their information. We put it up on the website. And I encourage um, young kids to make a difference with um, adopting. And also um, we take home and foster dogs and find them homes ourselves. Wow, that is incredible for someone of your age to be doing that. Now, what made you decide to do this? Um, Well, my mom took me to the shelter since I was really little. And I just saw so many dogs in need of help and homes. So you you said you could make a difference, huh? Yes. Well, that's cool. Now, you also collect uh, things for the, the, the animals at the shelter, too, if they need uh, blankets or anything. Is that correct? Um, yes. We go, usually we go to Petco before we go to the shelter, and I save up money, and I um, get the dogs' dog beds and food and stuff, and we bring it to the shelter. Wow. What do your friends think of this? Um, most of my friends enjoy it, too, but some are too sad to go to the shelter. It is pretty sad. It can get pretty depressing, huh? Yeah. Did you ever get to the point that you thought maybe it was too tough for you to deal with? Um, well, I did, but, well, no, I didn't. Like, it makes me sad, but I know um, it would make me more sad to know I wasn't, like, this was happening and I wasn't doing anything about it. Sure. I completely understand that. How many animals do you have at home? I have four dogs and a rat. <laughs> four dogs and a rat. I love it. Are they, uh, I have, you know, my animals are foster failures. You know what a foster failure is? Yeah, we have one. Her name's Felicity. <laughs> you, you thought you were going to adopt her out, but you fell in love with her, didn't you? Yeah. I bet your animals are pretty lucky to have you, huh? Uh, I would hope so. <laughs> I bet you're one of those gals that spoils them, huh? <laughs> yeah. What do you think the, the most spoiling you do to your animals is? Well, with my rat, he has clothes, and my dad made him his own playpen, which takes over the living room. Wow. So your your whole family. Your whole family's (laughs) into this, too. Your dad's helping out with that, too. Yeah. And uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? Um, Well, I still want to be an actress, but I also um, want to keep on doing work with animals. We were just talking about that. Loria, our news director, was just saying how surprised she was how many actresses and actors are involved in helping the animals. Did you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. How many animals do you think you've saved over your years? Um, a lot. <laughs> Too many to count, huh? That's a good thing. Yeah. Do, you, uh, do your friends want to help you or do they help you at all? A lot of them help. I tell them to um, help network the dogs by putting them on their social media and stuff. That's cool. And my friend Maya, she goes to the shelter with me, and she um, does a lot of stuff with animals with me. That's cool. I always figure out when I can get my friends involved, then we have so much more power to help the animals. And that's why I have I have Judy over here and Lori and Joey over here and uh, Doc Halligan, all these people. I brought them in together because I figured we could make a big difference, and I think that's what you're doing, huh? Yeah. And I have to say, I, I love the Kleenex video. Oh, yeah. What, what's this video? I haven't seen it yet. What is oh, it? You'll need a Kleenex. <laughs> what, what is the video? Uh, so um, 
I did this video and it was like for awareness of adoption and then at the the second day of filming I thought it was just going to be the same and then they surprised me by having the so we walked to the front of the shelter and um there was a huge crowd of people and they had a they um made them have a free adoption event and then so like 72 dogs got adopted wow, wow. That's pretty incredible. Well, you keep on doing what you're doing so well and tell everyone what you're doing because it's important that everybody knows that they can help and they can make a difference. Okay, thank you. If we were here, we would all give you a... If you were here, (laughs) if we were there, we would all give you a collective hug, okay? We do an Emmy sandwich. An Emmy sandwich. I like that. (laughs) So everyone go to emmyshope.com and help out. Yeah, the the website emmyshope.com. Dot com. We'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.com. Emmy, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Take care. There she goes. That is incredible and inspirational. It shows that really anybody at any age yes. can help. I think she started doing this when See she that? was around six years old. And it's important that the kids, you know, they learn at a young age mm-hmm. that that they can help animals because so often kids go the wrong direction. They don't with, respect they them. They don't respect animals. And to, to see this, it just, look at the hairs of my arm standing <laughs> up right now. Aww. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, this is Paul Reiser, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Every minute you're here, you're not harming someone else. <laughs> Any Joe Schmo knows Geico will work to save you money on car insurance. But since money talks, why not just ask the savings? That's me, Joe Savings. I'm not literally a million bucks, but I feel like it. Why? Because when Joe switched his car insurance at Geico.com, his monthly rate went down and the savings went up. Now he uses the handy Geico mobile app anytime to check out his policy perks. Talk about a win-win and two thumbs up. Man, I wish I had thumbs. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Oh, we have so much to get accomplished this hour, so I'll quit with the yap, 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 yap. We uh, definitely will hear from Blue. He just wants to be called Blue, apparently. Uh, (laughs) Dr. Deira Blue from The Vet Life on Animal Planet, and you worked with him. I didn't work so much with him, but he worked with some uh, doctors that trained under me. So um, it was, uh, yeah, he, he's been in a kind of our network in Las Vegas. N- Las Vegas is, you know, one big family. <laughs> it's just a lot of veterinary clinics that many are associated with. Well, together. you seem to be very proud of him. I mean, when we- I am. I am. He's a he's a charismatic, um, successful veterinarian, and you know, he his talent is really communication. Um, you know, I think in any field, if you can talk to people and you can convey what you want to do and explain why, you will go far. And and he does a great job with that. Okay, well, he'll be on, and of course, tonight is the last uh, of the last season episode. Yes, last- yeah. The Vet Life on Animal Planet, so you, you'll want to check that out after hearing him right here on Animal Radio. If you haven't already, we've all seen it here in the studio. Uh, Robert Semro will be back this hour with, I love his lists, five secret activities your pets do while you're gone. Five secret <laughs> activities your pets do <laughs> while you're okay, gone. Okay, butt licking is on there three times. <laughs> yeah. At least. Lori Brooks working so hard in the newsroom. What do you got coming up this hour? Uh, B.S. How? B.S. You know what B.S. stands for. Don't say it. I'm not going to say it. 
Okay, but coming up, what does BSL stand for? Because if you love dogs, you're going to run into this term sooner or later, and we'll explain everything. That's on the way. Let's go to the phones for your calls. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. And let's go to Joe. Hey, Joe. Hello. How are you doing? Pretty good. Where are you calling from today? Santa Barbara, California. Oh, listening on KTMS. Thank you so much for doing so. I have Dr. Debbie and Joey Villani here. How can we help you? Uh, well, I have a older cat that has a long-term kidney disease. We've been treating him with uh, sub-Q fluids for uh, quite a while. And lately in the last year, he's been getting blood in his urine. And okay. uh, we've had a couple of blood tests from the local vet here. And they can't seem to figure out what it is. Uh, the um, urinalysis tests show there's no kidney or bladder infection. And um, he's recently starting to have hyperthyroidism. So we put him on the tapazole, and then we noticed the bleeding started getting much worse. So, so it, he had some of the bleeding before he was put on the tapazole. Right. It would be occasional where it would be uh, a, a pinkish orange, and then it would go clear. And then every once in a while it would cycle in as it looks like uh, there'd be blood in it. And I got to the point where I was checking regularly just to see how he was doing. And uh, now it seems to be getting worse. So it seems like we would have to see if he's a, a candidate for doing some kind of a testing. I don't know if it would be a sonogram testing or some kind of a, a CAT scan, but I don't know if he's a, ca- a candidate for anesthesia and i was just wondering if you knew what might be causing it would it be uh, some kind of damage to the kidneys or the uh, bladder when they've taken the samples of urine out of the bladder they use uh, some sort of a a sonogram machine to locate Mm -hmm. the bladder and they never said they could see anything that looked like a growth on the bladder and i don't know if there's any kind of uh, bladder lining problems or tumors that might be small enough or thin enough that would involve the lining of the bladder or the ureters or the kidneys. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're just Have they taken x-rays on him? No, not yet. Um, okay. They, the vet we went to wasn't really that proactive about it. They were only kind of worried if it was an uh, infection, and I don't think they were prepared to do any other investigation. Okay. Tests. So a couple things that I'll mention as far as, now, if you were to say to me that this blood in the urine didn't appear until after your kitty was put on the tapazole, and tapazole is a medication that we use to treat high thyroid levels in cats. Um, So there are some cats that will develop blood in the urine solely from being on that medication. So if that's the case, then we have to find an alternate um uh, treatment method for the thyroid disease, whether it's surgery, radiation, or diet. Mm-hmm. Um, but if the, the blood in the urine was present before, just magnified, then, then I definitely would kind of go looking for the other things that can cause blood in the urine. Um, in the first situation I mentioned, when cats have um, kind of a 
side effect with the tapazole, it tends to affect their platelets, mm-hmm. and that can cause problems with uh, low platelets and bleeding, and we can see some of that blood in the urine. So if that's the case, we need to be doing blood work after being on tapazole to check to see if that's the case. Right. And if, they, if they've done that and done follow-up blood work and said, no, his platelets are normal, there's something else causing this, then I go looking for the biggies, you know, the things um, you mentioned, a couple things, um, things like affecting the kidneys. We can still have a pyelonephritis, even though a urine culture is negative. A pyelonephritis is a kidney infection, so we can see that happen. So um, that's where doing things like x-rays or an ultrasound may be the secondary and third type steps that we would do after an initial urine test or a culture. If we see evidence of that on those kind of imagings, then um, you know obviously we need to treat aggressively for kidney infection. Um, but we can also see you know problems with stones in the kidney or in the bladder that can cause this type of thing. Um, and then, you know, other things as far as uh, problems, I see hypertension, um, especially in cats that have kidney disease. Um, hypertension is high blood pressure, um, and that's very common in cats that have chronic kidney disease. Um, and one of the manifestations of that can be blood in the urine. So um, kind of all of those type of things would be important things that I'd make sure we check for here um, so that we know that we're heading in the right direction. So, well, it sounds like you got a good handle on things there, Joe, and, and well, doing something that, right for a 17-year-old cat. That's awesome. That's, that's yeah, well, wonderful. Yeah, it's every care he can because I've gone through this several times with other cats, and I feel so sorry for them. You know, mm-hmm. try to give them every opportunity. Please keep us posted. Here's the number, toll-free, 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to the Dream Team. And don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, who is this? It's Casey. Casey? Yeah. Hey, Casey, how you doing? I've got a seven-year-old blue healer German Shepherd mix, and about a week ago, she's come up, she's developed a bald spot on her uh, mm-hmm. right rear hip, and it, it just, she scratched at it for a day or so, and it, it's not a bald spot. She's not been scratching at it any longer, but it's still just bald as it could be, and that's, uh, you know, we're about a week, maybe a week and a half down the road now. It doesn't seem to be improving or getting worse. All right. Well, where, where did you say you were calling from, Casey? Dallas, Texas. Dallas, all right. And um, has Casey ever had any kind of skin problems in the past that you can ever recall? No, she never has. Never has. All right. Well, that scratch reflex that you're describing, and we look for that a lot of times with dogs as a sign that they're having intense itching. And, and that can definitely be from a lot of different things, whether we're talking about an allergy or an infection. And, and I guess I'd have one more question for you kind of before we go any further is has Casey had any kind of vaccinations recently any kind of shots of any sort uh no she hasn't had a rabies shot about three months ago Okay, three months ago. The reason I ask that is just there is an occasional um, situation where a pet can have a little bald spot that develops at the site of the rabies shot um, or some other vaccines. Um, can happen with other injections as well, but sometimes we'll see that on the right leg because a lot of veterinarians give the rabies shot in that area. So that's a possibility, but gosh, I just don't think that would really make uh, Casey very itchy or scratchy. Um, and you're, you're calling from Texas, but do you travel to other states as well? Yeah, we're, we drive a truck. She gets to go all over the country, so naturally she's exposed to a lot of different things. 
Uh-huh, yeah. And that's the other thing is that, you know, you're going through so many different states, and in Texas there's a lot of uh, problems with fleas um, and a lot of potentials for parasites, so things such even as ticks, and um, those can definitely cause some problems where we can see itching and scratching. The other potentials we could have even like a hot spot. And uh, have you ever heard of that before? Uh, yeah, I've heard of it. Never yeah. seen it or dealt with it, but... Hotspots are kind of interesting things, and it's kind of a layman's term, and, you know, it's mostly, we, we describe it as saying that's like it's a hot area, you know, it's hot with inflammation or infection, and um, sometimes that truly is the case. Um, with a hotspot, we can actually see that from an infection or an allergy that starts it off, and it's an area where um, the pet is very scratchy, very itchy. Um, we'll even see some moist um, crusting in the area. So, you know, if you kind of look at it, it's like a big scabby area, and the hair might even come out of that uh, area very easily with just mild plucking. So that might be something. And if that's the case, we really need to get Casey on some antibiotics, um, see about getting that area cleaned up, um, you know, maybe some medicated shampoos. Um, so I don't know if you have that ability. Is, is Casey pretty much up for any kind of uh, bathing, uh, any kind of topical things? Have you ever had to try that before? Uh, no, you know, she's never really had any sort of issues whatsoever, but, uh she, you know, still takes a basketball and it's just fine and all that. So, I don't know. I guess my question was, is this something you'd recommend I go ahead and take her into a veterinarian for her? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think this is, you know, especially since you described that it was bothering her so bad. Um, anything that starts off that way, you know... When our pets start telling us and, and having such a drastic change in their behavior and, you know focusing on that area, then I'd say, yeah, definitely, there's something that we need to address. And hopefully it's just something where we can try with antibiotics or anti-itching, allergy medicines. There's so many things that we have out there um, that we can help. Um, so I would say that definitely that would be the first step. And uh, from there, I would uh, you know, definitely look to see if there's anything parasite-wise. And I'm assuming with Casey, you're traveling. Is she on heartworm prevention and flea and tick prevention? Uh, she's not really on anything. I've got to stop you there. And I'm going to be a crusader for Casey's health right now. And I think you really need to see about getting her on some prevention. So go get that skin thing looked at. But heartworm disease is carried by mosquitoes. This is peak season in the summertime. Pretty much every state has it. And all it takes is one bite of a mosquito to pass that. So I would definitely encourage you. I know you call about the skin thing, but I'm going to put my commercial in for her and to make sure we keep her healthy and protected. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. When you need spends a little too much time in the sun relief. Yikes. Oh, what the? Attack of the angry mosquito relief. Hey, watch this. Scraped knees. And an elbow. Relief. You need new Gold Bond Pain and Itch Relief Cream with Lidocaine. Gold Bond has the maximum strength lidocaine available without a prescription and starts working on contact to numb away pain and itch. New Gold Bond with Lidocaine. Relief starts now. Use as directed. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1 866 405 8405. Uh, we're just moments away from Robert Semro. Another list. This list this week, five secret activities your pets do while you're gone. Hmm. I notice occasionally my computer, my laptop, I leave the top down. I come back. It's uh-huh. up. I have a feeling they're 
doing something on the computer, maybe a dog blog or something like that. They're yeah. shopping on the internet. That could be. Yeah. That would explain a lot of things. I'll tell you that right now. So that's on the way with uh, Robert Semro. Also, Blue from The Vet Life, Animal Planet's The Vet Life, will be joining us in just a few minutes. And uh, I know Dr. Debbie's very excited about that. They yes. h- hung in the same circles in Las Vegas. And uh, he's a very charismatic guy. Who tells it like it is. That's why you like him so much, huh? I do. I do. And I, and I think he, he's a breath of fresh air for veterinary medicine. So, uh, yeah. And if you haven't tuned in, you know, you got to watch the show. Yeah, but the last episode of the season is tonight on Animal oh, Planet. Well, yeah. tune in tonight. Or team away, whatever you got to do there. Uh, we just had a delivery from uh, the Jif uh, people, Jif peanut butter people. I uh, heard us talking about... <laughs> Jeez, please. <laughs> they heard us talking about uh, the David Duchovny campaign to bring awareness to uh, animals uh, where you're supposed to smear peanut butter on your face and then lick, have your dogs lick your, your face and take pictures of it and post it. It's it's one of those challenges. And, yeah, uh, the, and the challenge is you, you have to pay a dollar for each kiss that your dog gives you. Oh. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. You'd be broke. I would be. Yeah. <laughs> And, of course, Dr. Debbie doesn't exactly recommend that. And I, I don't either, but go I'm ahead. not into the dog um, peanut butter facial. <laughs> I'm just not into that. <laughs> oh, but it leaves your skin so soft. And tasty. <laughs> I, I, I just, on so many levels, you know, and we haven't mentioned, if a person is immunocompromised, so if you have any kind of underlying uh, immune system weakness, um, yeah. especially small children, you know, Animals licking the face area, especially the mouth and the eyes, it's really not an advice thing. I, I can see for a photo staging, you know, what kind of what they're accomplishing here, but. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I can see what David's uh, trying to do, but. Uh, see, what I would do is take like a paper plate and then coat the bottom of it and then put the plate over my face so that they could lick and they would be licking a paper plate and not my face. I think they should take they should take pictures of people licking their cat and dog's face. There you yeah. go. There you go. <laughs> Come on. What? I mean, you're going to let them lick your face. Well, I know where where my dog was just licking five minutes ago, and so I have no desire to have my dog licking my face. But uh, good going, David, for that. What do you have for us this hour, Miss Lori Brooks? I don't know about you guys, but I have bulldogs in. They're a little too portly to reach back there, so they can kiss me away. (laughs) No problem. Coming up, you know, we have house flipping and all these other kind of shows, but what is pet flipping? I can tell you there is no spatula required, but we will explain because it's something that's coming up in the news and with social media, so we'll do that next. I hope it's not like house flipping. But uh, we'll find out in the news in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hello, Animal Radians. It's Robert Semro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio list, five secret activities my pets do while I'm gone. I, like so many other people, eagerly went out with my family and saw the movie The Secret Life of Pets. Don't worry, this isn't a movie review, but instead an acknowledgement that my pets have a secret life. Having acknowledged that, here are five things I think my pets have done secretly while I'm gone. We used to have a pool and a spa where I lived with them. Unfortunately, Sugar and Zoe never liked to swim with me. However, on a few occasions, I'd come home and catch them sitting in the spa. On most occasions, they'd slip out of the spa and lay on the side as if to say, you didn't actually see us in there. 
On one occasion, however, they stayed in long enough for me to walk out and ask them if they needed towels or refreshments. They had a huge smile on their faces that I'll never forget. So hot tubbing is one secret activity I know my pets did while I was gone. Neither of them shed much, but Sugar had a unique ability to leave just enough hair behind on my reclining chair to let me and my wife know that she had been sitting there watching TV while we were gone. One time, my wife caught her in the chair, and she let her body go limp, and in essence slid out of the chair to her familiar resting spot. My wife was so smitten with her effort to Jedi mind trick her, she laughed instead of getting mad. So getting up on the furniture is another not-so-secret activity I know my pets were doing. Next, like all siblings, they must be fighting about what to watch on TV. Many times, I would find the remote control for the TV in Sugar's bed or very near her. The self-important side of me said that she knew I'd want to turn on the TV, so she kept it near her so I could have it quickly. What a considerate best friend she was. However, I now must admit that she was secretly hogging the remote control while we were gone. Next up is the acknowledgement that Sugar and Zoe enjoy sleeping in our beds. Not surprising, except how they do it. Each morning, my kids and I make our beds. However, inexplicably, many times the beds would be unmade when we'd go to bed. Now, my previous guess was Goldilocks or the Tooth Fairy, but I know I now must accept that it was another secret endeavor from my pets. Finally, there's rarely any leftovers at our house, yet we love to cook and we often make much more than we can finish. I used to think it was strange that we didn't have more leftovers, but now I know it wasn't super hungry people. Instead, it was my pets bringing leftovers to the neighborhood pet block party that must be going on while we're gone. Let this be a lesson for all of us. It's not garden gnomes digging up our lawns or Goldilocks sleeping in our beds. It's just the beauty that is our pets and the manifestations of the secret lives our pets live and enjoy while we're gone. Share your pet secret life activities on our Animal Radio Facebook page. Hey folks, this is Jackson Galaxy. You're listening to Animal Radio. Please do everyone a favor, spay or neuter your animals today. I have to get to sleep. Tom had a stressful day, and now he can't shut down at bedtime. Need sleep. To fall asleep fast, millions of people turn to Unisom Sleep Gels. They're non-habit-forming and quickly help you sleep soundly so you wake recharged. Mm. Tom? <sighs> Unisom Sleep Gels. A stressful day deserves a restful night. Use as directed. Active ingredient diphenhydramine hydrochloride. Oh, thank you. Alan Cable, it's time for today's kook watch. Thank you for leaving my kayak alone. This lady in Alaska thinks a bear can understand what she's saying. I'm going to pepper spray you in the face. That's what I'm going to do to you. Huh. I don't think the bear liked it. Go away. No, get away from the kayak. If she just would have left the bear alone, he probably would have walked away. Why did you pepper spray me? Please stop! Gosh darn it! Oh, why are you doing that? I don't know about you, but if I were the bear, I'd be running from her voice. Why are you here? Incredible as it may seem, the bear isn't talking. Oh, bear! Why does she keep calling me bear? My name's Bobby. Bear! Oh, bear! And I thought Goldilocks was annoying. Bear! This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori. 
Mary Brooks. Animal rights groups tell us that pet flipping is becoming a growing problem because of a rise in the use of social media. Pet flipping, if you don't know, is when a person, you know, sees a pet on social media websites and then they get or buy that pet with phony information and then sell the animal just to make money off of it. Now, the really bad news is that pet flipping is legal because pets are, you know, considered personal property. It's like selling a sofa. So people can sell them like they sell everything else. But in Iowa, pet flipping is the main reason there. The unique Cedar Valley Humane Society requires people to sign a contract when they adopt a pet there. People are subject to fines then if they try to resell the pet or rehome it. And even their staff, they are constantly online checking especially certain local websites to make sure that their former shelter pets are not ending up for sale into the wrong hands. Animal advocates, by the way, recommend never, ever, ever giving away a pet for free because even a small fee can deter a pet flipper, which will usually go for a free animal first. That's the first that I've heard of this the practice, pet flipping. And no. It, yeah. We've covered this on the show before. We've talked about it years ago. That is, that is, I yes. can't believe people actually do that. Oh, yes. That's yeah. crazy. Yes. And then a, a lot of, um, you know, people that uh, get these animals for free, turn them in and make money from labs. They turn them over to research labs as well. You know, right. if you're looking for an animal, first of all, don't go to Craigslist. You got to go to the shelters because that's where they're hanging out. That's where there's the legit animals are hanging out. And if you're if you need to get rid of an animal, which you know is kind of weird for me, it's like getting rid of a family member. But I can understand there there are people that do that. If you do, please do not offer them up on Craigslist. And as Lori said, put a little price on there because that really can deter these people from taking them for nefarious purposes. Um, I have a couple of family members that I would get rid of. There are family um, members you would give away for free? Two-legged. Yes, not pets. Not my pets, but yes, yeah. there's family members that I would. If you do need to, and I hate the word rehome because I think it's just an excuse for getting rid of a, a pet. But um, if you do need to find another home for a pet, instead of taking it to a shelter, please first contact a local rescue. And there are many breed-specific rescues, and there are many types of rescues that also take cats and any kinds of dogs. If you're not familiar with the acronym BSL, it stands for Breed-Specific Legislation, and that's where certain breeds of dogs, usually, you know, the pit bull types and their owners, are discriminated against because the breed of the pet has been banned in a community. Now, pet owners know how difficult that it can be to find housing when you have a pet, but for pit bull owners, man, that can be nearly impossible to find a place that will let you also have your dog. So we introduce you now to a group called My Pit Bull is Family, which provides resources for dog owners all across the country with an always expanding database which lists all pit bull friendly properties. Now, the website is mypitbullisfamily.org, and they use an interactive map where pet parents can click on their state, and then a list of contact information for potential rental leads will pop up. But keep in mind, the term pit bull is, is probably not what you think. It doesn't actually refer to a specific breed of dog. It does get confusing, but it's often used as pretty much a blanket term, which covers a wide array of bully-type breeds and the most common dog that falls under that blanket would be the american staffordshire terrier or the staffordshire bull terrier and the american pit bull terrier but there are also 
other breeds that have similar physical characteristics that fall under that bully-type breed, and those would be uh, boxers, Connie Corsos, a bull mastiff, and even English bulldogs are often considered to be pit bull-type dogs. just depends on who is doing the assessing. Mm. But statistics do show that nearly 30% of people give up their dogs because their landlord does not allow dogs, making it the number one reason that people give up a pet. I really like this, mypitbullisfamily.org, because they also offer a list of insurance companies that do not participate in breed-specific discrimination against pitbull types um, and also some of those other big dogs that get bad names like Rottweilers, German Shepherds, and Chows. Hmm. Moshe was a seven-month-old elephant. Aren't baby elephants the cutest? Can you imagine? She stepped on a landmine. How horrific. This was in Thailand, and then she lost her front leg. That was 10 years ago. But this week, she received her ninth artificial leg. Now, Moshe is one of more than a dozen elephants who have been wounded by landmines in the border region near Thailand and Myanmar, where rebels have been doing a political fight for decades. But as Moshe the elephant grows, she's packed on more than 2,700 pounds since her little baby days, and her growth has necessitated some new legs to keep her artificial leg feeling comfortable and fitting well. The Thai Elephant Conservation Center estimates that there are between two and 3,000 elephants living in the wild in Thailand, but about 2,700 domesticated ones also. So that's almost a 50-50. In the past, a lot of Thai elephants worked in the logging industry where their agility and strength made them a big bonus to whoever had them. But the government there has since banned logging in the country's forests. That was back in 1989. And that put a lot of elephants out of work and no way to earn their keep or for their owners to make the money to keep them, except for giving them over to sanctuaries because the elephants had been domesticated. It's not like they could be set free. Alley Cat Allies, the only national advocacy organization dedicated to the humane treatment of cats, has announced that All cats, all communities will be the theme for this year's National Feral Cat Day, which, mark your calendars, is going to be on Sunday, October 16th. I've participated in a few of these, and they are a lot of fun. Alley Cat Allies encourages cat advocates around the world to educate their communities about humane policies like TNR, or Trap, Neuter, Return, that will help to save cats' lives and also work to protect all cats and all communities around the globe. They say their goal this year is to inspire 1,000 different National Feral Cat Day events across all 50 states, and you can be a part of it. It's real easy to do, and they give you all the supplies and stuff, too. Just go to nationalferalcatday.org. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at animalradio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at animalradio.com. And we go to Darlene. Hi, Darlene. How are you? I have a three-year-old Pomeranian who constantly digs at his front paws. I mean, for hours on end. Okay. And um, is he bothering any other parts of his body or just on his feet? Just on his feet. I've changed his diet. Um, They put him on prednisone for a little while. It didn't seem to help. Mm-hmm. Um, I changed to the uh, natural balance food. It's just for hours on end. He keeps me up all through the night. He's just, he's miserable. Oh, okay. No, does he have hair loss there or any kind of color change? Nope. Anything, nothing like that? Just, he's just chewing nope. away at those feet. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like some of the approaches that you started because when we see a doggy that is chewing their feet, uh, front feet, back feet, it, it tends to be a really um, a focus area where we can kind of call that a symptom of allergies. The tough thing is that there's a lot of things that can also look like allergies. For me, um, I always have to kind of take some samples, look at those feet area, because it's very common in the feet. We can miss some other things that can go along with that. And it does bother me. If the, if the prednisone, a steroid, did not help with your pet's comfort, we might be barking down the wrong tree, if you will. Um, so I want to make sure that we get some good um, eyeballs and uh, evaluation of those feet areas. Some things we look for will be mites. Um, we may see problems with yeast infections um, or bacterial infections in there. Now, um, so, two months so that's going to be two, mu- two months ago. They treated him for a yeast infection, and that went away. And okay. the, the, the biting has not. Well, I mean, and that's that's definitely good. Um, but then that kind of bothers me because if his yeast has gone away and he's still showing those symptoms, um, you know, yep. we may have some underlying allergies there. So some okay. some thoughts that I would kind of share with you as far as with diets. You know, there's definitely a lot of ways that we can go about with a pet with allergies, and just simply changing the diet isn't always enough. Um, what we oh, need to do is okay. get very strict and go into more of a hypoallergenic diet. And there's some really good ones that your veterinarian can recommend. But even if you're not inclined to go that route, um, we can do some home-cooked hypoallergenic diets. And um, I have some local dermatologists that work with us, and sometimes they'll put a pet on a sweet potato pinto bean diet and just feed that and exclusively that. And if the symptoms go away, then we have a strong index of suspicion that we've got a food allergy. And then we can try to find something on it for a more long-term strategy. Um, But just changing to another brand isn't always the same because there's a lot of common ingredients in dog foods, whether they be proteins like chicken or beef, or there's something like a corn or a grain. So um, allergies happen with all sorts of things. So that's kind of that long story there. Now, some things I would encourage you to see uh, your veterinarian for would be if your pet's not already on a fatty acid, an omega fatty acid supplement, I would do that. And that's an oral, um, usually a liquid or a gel cap. One other thing that can help pets with bad skin disease, whether it's allergies or chronic infections, is something it's a type of a spot on and it's called a ceramide spot on and this is something that's kind of new to veterinary dermatology and it's really kind of uh, it for me it's helped a lot of my allergy patients and it's a basically a product that you apply to the skin and it helps to restore the normal fats or lipids that are in the skin and in, in, in pets that have skin disease they don't have really good a protective barrier in their skin so this is a way to help them kind of build up their defenses if you will against a lot of these skin problems so ask for that there's uh, there's Allerderm has one Duxo is another company that has one there's there's several on the market Hi, it's Alan Cable with your Because We Love Our Pets watch. Arizona safety tyrant Matthew tries to tough it out in a car with the windows rolled up in the summer heat to illustrate what it would be like for your dog. It's only been about two minutes. This is ultimately what it feels like to be a dog trapped inside of a car on a hot day. It's 120 degrees in that car. While their owner is probably in a grocery store. Six minutes. I seriously couldn't imagine leaving my dog in a car like this. Tyron has to bail after just eight minutes. 
Here's something important to remember about dogs. They can't sweat. The only way they release heat is through the bottom of their paws and by panting. So the heat is way tougher for them to handle than us. On a 90-degree day, even with the windows rolled down partially, the temperature inside a parked car can quickly reach 120 degrees. And 105 degrees is the critical mark for a dog. Their organs will start to fail at that temperature. If you see a dog in a hot car, every second counts. Dial 911 immediately. For over a decade, Biogen has been the leading provider of genetic preservation and cloning services of prized livestock with thousands of satisfied clients. Now announcing Biogen Pets, providing genetic preservation and cloning services to pet parents. Consider preserving the genes of your pet to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for animal radio listeners at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N-Pets.com. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten-free. Radio celebrating the connection with our pets. The toll-free number 1-866-405-8405. And we'll go back to those phones for your calls in just a couple of minutes. But first, in the quest to find every charismatic, wonderful vet there is in the nation, we head to Dr. Diara Blue, who's from Animal Planets, The Vet Life. And uh, actually, it's a program that I think all of us watch, we just found out today. Yeah, <laughs> coincidence. And, and, and somebody that you actually know, Dr. Debbie, is that correct? You may have worked with him? Absolutely. Blue is a character that we know well here in Las Vegas, and uh, I'm excited to to get to talk to him since he's made the move. Welcome, Blue. Hey, hey, how's it going? How you doing? Hey, how's it going there? Now, Blue, I gotta say, all right, in Vegas, I don't remember you seeing goats and chameleons. Where's this coming from? (laughs) Well, I went to, you know, I went to Tuskegee, so, you know, that's large animals. So we did a lot of goats and things like that, and uh, I was actually, I've always wanted to own a goat farm. I just don't have the money to do it right now. So <laughs> that's part of the reason why, you know, but it's no goats really in Los Angeles. I'm not going to say it's not any, but you're not looking at major farms. And, you know, also with the group that I was with, they didn't really do large animals uh, with the company that I was with. So uh, I didn't have the opportunity to do such. But, you know, as far as chameleons, yeah, I did a little bit here and there, but mainly it was just dogs and cats. So, yeah, you don't you don't too see too many goats running down the strip or in suburban <laughs> Summerlin. <laughs> you might see some goats running down the strip, but yeah. <laughs> they're not the kind you want to treat. Yeah. Where are you now? In Houston? <laughs> yes, Houston, Houston, Texas. It's a little area outside of Houston. We call it Cypress or Cypress Fairbanks, but we call it Houston overall. So you, you probably see a lot of animals, including the, the bigger animals. And I imagine you have huge forearms because I guess that, that's... <laughs> <laughs> no, I wish I had huge forearms. I need to get back to the gym. Being so busy, I don't have time to work out. But honestly, it's something where it's still, you know, 90, I would say 95% dogs and cats. You know, I don't want to mislead anybody. It's something where we see predominantly dogs and cats, and our facility is made for that. However, myself, Dr. Ross, and Dr. Ving all will see some exotics or some pocket pets here and there. Uh, and then we'll take some farm calls that we're, you know, we, actually today is our, our birthday. 
Oh, we're really? One year old today. Yes. Yeah, wow. I forgot to tell you guys that. We're one year old today. So. Well, happy Congratulations. birthday to you. Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah, it's something. We'll, we'll, we'll see some stuff here and there. Well, what kind of what kind of weird stuff? Give us, like, the weirdest thing that you've done. The weirdest thing? Yeah, the strangest. Uh, since I've been here in Houston, I think the weirdest thing that I saw was I had an owl here. An owl? Uh, yeah, an actual owl. Like, whoo-hoo. Turn your head all the way around, owl. Freaky, scary at night looking owl. What was wrong with him? I saw that show. That was the one with her eye, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, uh, it was a uh, wildlife park or sanctuary type group that have uh, all these different type of animals, and her name was Girl Owl. And it was her, and she had a male boy owl. Uh, and they were getting ready for nesting, and I'm assuming something, you know, Stuck her in the eye, just like a foreign object when she was nesting, because they don't feed them uh, live food. So it wasn't like a, a prey animal did it. Uh, and the eye actually was pretty bad, and I tried my best to fix it, but sometimes you got to know when to say enough is enough and refer to the big guy. So I sent her over to a, a board-certified ophthalmologist. I think that's about the weirdest thing, just because I don't typically see birds in my practice, but it was one of those things that an eye is an eye, is what I always say. I mean, if it's something that's the same, whether it's a human, a dog, cat, chicken, a duck, it's an eye. So. Well, i got to imagine you see a lot of animals that you were not trained in vet school to see. Yeah, I, 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 I've never worked on an owl in vet school. That's a true statement. I've worked on birds. I've worked on chickens. i worked in turkeys. You know, i worked at uh, you know several um, places that you know actually did chicken processing and things. So I've had some experience with birds. You know, nothing prepares you for an owl unless you, you know, take an exotic class or a wildlife class. That I did not do, but I worked on eyes. Now, you, Doctors Levine and Doctor Ross, you guys see each other outside of work. Were you guys friends before you got together? Did you meet in vet school, or did you become friends once you started your practice? Absolutely, yeah. We were friends uh, in vet school. Doctor Levine and Doctor Ross are classmates, and at Tuskegee University, we're very close, very family-like. So they they didn't have a choice but to be friends. Um, <laughs> I was a young guy, and I would work at the vet school during undergrad as a work-study student trying to pay for college. So I met those guys when they first came in. And Dr. Ross and I, we would party together, actually. Dr. Levine, he was a little bit more mature than we were, so we didn't get to hang out with him as more. I didn't as much until later on. Um, and we were always friends. And then when we got to Las Vegas, uh, I actually started to intern under Dr. Levine and Ross. And then I ended up working at the hospital where Dr. Levine works at, which is Ann Road Animal Hospital where I got all my skills at under Dr. Ballard's tutelage. So it was something where, you know, we had been friends forever. It's gone past 10 years now. Wow. And it's so such an interesting years. circle. I mean, it really is. Because Dr. Ballard used to work for me many years ago. So I Ooh, find really? this just such pride that you, you've done so well. And you guys started the practice. And the show, I, I'm just... it. It just warms my heart, and it makes me so happy to see <laughs> veterinary medicine portrayed in a very positive, scientific way, and not some, you know, backcountry uh, <laughs> medicine. So, you, you know, and I, I must say thank you for saying that because that's exactly what everybody understands. This is more than just, you know, you know, you cutting a cutting a donkey or a cow. Like, you know, we we we're doctors too. And we, we love what we do, and we're very happy to be a part of this field. Thanks for spending time with us today. We've heard so much about you and just great stories, and the show is just awesome. It's great to finally have a chance to sit down with you. Absolutely. Well, you guys take care. Thanks for reaching out to me, and I hope I don't disappoint you guys. There you go. Of course, never disappoint. No. Uh, Blue from The Vet Life on Animal Planet. Like I said, the last one of the season tonight, Saturday night on Animal Planet.
Well, there you go. It's uh, overbooked once again. Thank you very much, Judy. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you so much for your calls. If you didn't get through today, but you have questions, don't forget you can ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Thanks so much for joining us today, and we'll see you again next week for more Animal Radio. Bye-bye. Bye. I think you insert, like, the peanut butter licking face sound effect here, Hal. This is Animal Radio Network. Network.